was just a creepy movie. It definitely creeps you out for sure. Somebody has to be perfect, so it might as well be me. Talk about deja vu. You live to tell the tale. You gotta think like a werewolf. It's the Slashers and Screamers podcast. And we're back on the Slashers and Screamers podcast, so I'm not going to waste any time. Let me get the co-host in here, because I'll be damned if I'm doing this thing alone. Final Girl Casey, the Memphis Maniac Rick, and the godfather of droll, James. What's up, fam? Welcome to the podcast. I've got to talk like this, because my mic don't work right, unless I don't. Unless you do. Okay, well. um, Damn good movie, Bill. Yeah, well, I would expect no less from you. Will Smith, Charlize Theron. Oh. That little funny guy. Well, hang on, James. It was rated R because they stuck that chicken up that guy's butt. Or no, that other guy's butt up that guy's head. What? (laughs) You want to have a do-over on that one, James? They stuck, he stuck guy's head up that guy's butt when he was in prison and and who did you say was in this will smith charlie's their own you talking about hancock <clears throat> yes oh. we were okay <laughs> james the question i have for you is how do you watch the wrong movie on a week where you pick the movie and you have an extra week to watch it That's and had an extra week to watch it tell him rick i'm too mad so- you know, I thought we were supposed to have, like, some sort of teaser trailer, and I seen the teaser trailer for Hancock, and I said, well, that's it right there. Well, just Hello. in case anybody's messed up right now, we are watching, or we've watched Warlock, not Hancock. Um, I guess James can just play catch-up the rest of the episode. Maybe I watch it a hundred times. Okay, well, at least we won't have to, yeah, at least you won't have to catch up. That's good. That's oh. a good movie, too, Bill. I like all the, uh lore and stuff in that movie yeah yeah it did have good lore it had there was a story to this rather ridiculous film that <laughs> kind of stuff I like. yeah you, you you do like witches and wizards and stuff that old uh period piece with the lots of war in it yeah um i will admit i had more fun with this movie than i thought i was going to and Okay, I came in with very low expectations, JB, and I'm very sorry for that. I I downplayed my own dearest friend and came away just suddenly surprised with how much I actually did like Warlock. I remembered seeing it back in the day when it was new and thought, okay, this is just too slow moving of a flick. Not a lot of action. It's got this dude who's been in everything, this Julian Sands fella. Like, nothing special about him. A pretty plain chick, pretty plain guys. What do you do with a film like this? Well, you watch it when you're almost 40 and you find out that, okay, I didn't give it enough credit when it was out. But, Casey, you done uh, done anything in the past couple weeks worth uh, bragging about? Or opening bragging camp, I guess? In the past couple weeks? Well, we haven't talked in a couple weeks, damn. I have nothing to bring to the table, though. You really put me on the spot here. Well, hell, I um, surely you can make up something. James I'm really not week. a. I'm really not a liar here. Um, oh well, James definitely is. Well, yeah, 
Um, if you're not a liar, you're in the wrong crowd. I haven't told the truth since 1989. I bought bike shorts that have pockets recently, and they're very comfortable. That's probably the biggest move I've made in like two weeks. Okay. Well, yeah. big um, stuff on the plate here. Hooray for the bike you shorts do. with the pockets. Don't forget, that's the important part. Said hot pockets. <laughs> <laughs> You could put Hot Pockets in your bike pockets. I don't think I like Hot Pockets. I almost bought a 12-pack of Hot Pockets the other day, but I refrained. James, what there's kind? no reason to buy more than an 11. I had composure, Bill. What flavor were you going to get, though? <clears throat> uh, pepperoni. Yeah, yeah, that's the only kind to get. The People only- get yeah. the ham and cheese one. It's gross, God. though. Yeah, I wouldn't give the ham and cheese ones to homeless people. You know, if I ate the ham and cheese ones, I put mustard or ketchup on them. So it's Ew. basically a pepperoni. Oh, I don't think that's the same. That's no, that's disturbing. Well, I don't know. It's, close your eyes and maybe it is the same. That's, that's, like, that's put, like putting ketchup on a taco and calling it salsa. What's wrong with putting ketchup on a ham and cheese croissant? Because it sounds gross. Because ketchup doesn't go on that type of thing? It's nasty. You know what I used to make when I was young? Remember those French bread rolls, like a Kaiser roll you could get and like a six-pack? Kaiser roll? But I knew you were a fucking... They were the nice. whole thing. So you cut them in half, right? Like a sub sandwich, but they were only six inches long. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you put your ham, you put your cheese on there, you put it in a microwave for so long, and then you dip it in ketchup. You used to love I don't. when I was younger. It's like a you hot ham Yeah, that's, that's pretty much what it is. I, I remember getting borderline yelled at by James's grandpa for instead of like putting ketchup on my hamburger, I would like take a bite of the hamburger and then like dip the corners where the bite mark was. I would dip it in my ketchup and he'd be like, God damn it. Hamburgers ain't for dipping. And, and then I would drink like a gallon of milk with it. You drink a gallon of jogging in a jug is what you drink, James. It was pretty good, Bill. Well, none of this conversation's made me hungry and that was- that's a surprise because <laughs> I've been starving myself. <clears throat> that's one of my go-to snacks, Bill. Okay. So, Rick, tidbits. Yeah, listen, I'm not going to get you started on the tidbit. Oh, you don't want to ask me what I've been doing for the past two weeks, do you? I'm getting to you, James. Damn. Do you have to be first every time? Uh, yes. Rick, didn't you just get back from Memphis, went back to the homestead? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been back a while, but yeah, I went went down uh, uh, last weekend, so. I know you didn't get back in the last half hour, Rick. Mm-hmm. God damn! So I went to went to went to a Grizzlies game. We won, so it was my first game since 2018. So, oh okay, D League basketball. Good. That's good. Yeah, you know, just uh, stayed with my cousin and uh, went to the game with him and had some barbecue nachos, which were incredible. And uh, yeah, I was gonna buy uh, some stuff at the team store, but then I realized that they upsell and everything's really expensive. So I was like, no, I'll just buy this online. Yeah, the 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 fuel cost was enough. Oh yeah, I mean for sure. I mean even though I got really good gas mileage but gas is like over four dollars a gallon now so don't don't brag about your little gas mileage rig okay god that is (laughs) or your barbecue nachos but yeah i had a good time well did memphis win the ball game we destroyed orlando by like 30 points so yeah okay so you got to see your boy uh ja morant throwing down right 
I did, yes. He uh, scored about 26, but it was still a fun game. So uh, He says about 26. Like, okay, you don't round off to 26, Rick. It's like, oh, he scored about 25. I'll take that. Oh, he scored about 30. You know exactly how many he scored. And you're just trying to act like you're thinking of it off the top of your head. He scored you like bastard. 24, I guess. I don't remember. The old Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> the old Memphis Grizzlies, man. The... So, okay, um, now I, I guess we got to get to – to, to James, James, you've got a busy week ahead of you. I'm not going to worry about what you've done in the last two weeks. You've got a you got a busy week ahead of you. Do you not? You were done, calling me up bragging about it. I done all kinds of shit. Like what? Well, I've been uh, cutting a fence up, putting some flooring down, hauling some shit off, uh, working pretty hard. You just said the same thing in like four different terms. Football mm-hmm. practice. Okay, that's different. Is that is that just starting? Oh, let me tell you what else I've been doing, Bill. Oh, here it comes. I've been up there to the town council meeting. They let you in any government building? Oh, uh, anybody in there, Bill? I believe and that. Looking at the uh, new parks and recs uh, supervisor, possibly. So what you're telling me, James, is you are now the Ron Swanson. Of Westmoreland, Tennessee. The Ron Swanson of Westmoreland, Bill. Y'all, it's a town of like 30 people. Don't let them fool you. That that means there's 29 people under him in the Parks and Rec Department. That's right. And they all do meth. It's called West West Methland. And I get to tell them where to (laughs) shovel the dirt. So, okay, are you going to do something with the pit in the middle of town so people don't fall in it? What, um, like what happens now that you're the Parks and Rec guy? Wait, are you well, the Ron Swanson or are you the Leslie Nope? I'm the Ron Swanson. i got to hire the Leslie Nope. <laughs> okay. So, anyway, for us, are really interrupted by Rick and his downtrodden of Westmoreland. Like Memphis is any better. It's kind of funny. You can get an eight ball on every corner down there in Memphis. And a barbecue sandwich. Ain't gonna deny it. It's probably true. I mean, they put an eight ball in your barbecue sandwich. And probably get tetanus while you're down there. Anyway, <laughs> so I was supposed to say a few things this Thursday about. You should say all of that that you just said about Memphis at the Parks and Rec meeting. I've had a committee for the Parks and Recs, and then they're going to vote on forming this committee. And they'll probably appoint me head of the committee to oversee the peewee sports leagues and refurbishing of the football field. Or actually making a football field in Westmoreland Parks. So you're going to take the, uh, you're going to make a practice field there? You're going to make game fields there? It'll probably just be a practice field. It'll probably just be, no, it's going to be more than one field because we got to share it with soccer. So it's going to be oh. like, because the leagues, soccer leagues, the ages have different fields that they play on size wise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you could fit like two little fields and then like one big field and then one medium field and then a football field. So that way soccer and football aren't bumping into each other. <clears throat> but they anyway. They play on the same field at the same time. Well, they do right now. At the same time? Yeah. Pretty so much. you got to kid kicking a soccer ball while your quarterback's trying to hike the ball and well if they get close enough to each other yeah oh man i gotta come up there and catch a game but it's usually soccer games soccer games are going on while football practice is going on because we play on the 
you know, high school field. Of course, of course. But if we had a stadium or, you know, just a field with the lights around it, we could play over there. Well, some some small towns nearby have that going on, like in uh, Trousdale County. They, they've got a field away from the schools. Um, they got a nice little setup. But, James, I was trying to push you into – It's still um, playing on the high school field. Okay, well, I'll I'll have to get down there and see what you got going on because I'll be damned if I'm going to let you ruin the the good goddamn city of Westmoreland with your half brain ideas. Oh, there'll be damn fields everywhere when you come back up here, Bill. Well, I was trying to push you into talking about what we've got coming up this weekend that maybe Casey and Rick are going to be interested to hear about. I got bigger fish to fry than that, Bill. The hell you do. We're talking town politics. I could bring the Crockett Cup to Westmoreland. The what? Well, now, uh-huh. now that you've now now that you've spilled the beans on James and I are going to the National Wrestling Alliance Crockett Cup 2022, which will be at the Nashville Fairgrounds uh, this coming Saturday and Sunday, which I think is the either the 19th and the 20th or the 20th and the 21st. And are you excited? Oh, we're damn excited about it. Well, I am. James seems to make it an afterthought now. Um, <laughs> is that? I bought these things like two months ago. Rick's got a... <laughs> what is it? He got a $2 uh-huh. hat and a 20-cent Batman t-shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> it's a comic book cover. Yeah, I think the 20... <laughs> I don't think that 20 cents was the price of the shirt. <laughs> Lord help us. Well, I don't think there's any help for us. Well, I mean, I guess we've got a little bit of something from everybody except Casey and her bicycle shorts with the pockets. And <laughs> oh, I think some that's a gift that keeps giving. Comfort is everything. If I ever come on here and all I've got to talk about is my shorts, does it kill me now? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't have much, but I've got this. Do you even, do you even bicycle? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you put things in pockets. Yeah, I put my phone in there earlier. Yeah, so it don't fall out while you're bicycling. <laughs> or <laughs> while I'm just walking around my home. Say say bicycle again, James. Bicycling? <laughs> bicycling. <laughs> Rick, help me get out of this, please. You got to run down for Warlock. I once rode a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> that I do, yes. I've got a funny-ass bicycle story. We'll hear it after Rick's rundown. Damn it. <laughs> okay. Um, so we did uh, Warlock this week. Uh, it's a 1989 supernatural horror film directed by Steve Miner. Uh, it stars um, Julian Sands as Warlock. He was in um, movies such as Arachnophobia, The Killing Fields, Room with a View, Boxing Helena. Uh, Laurie Singer as Cassandra. Um, couldn't really find much on her. She's just an American actress and musician. She's a daughter of some conductor, some orchestra conductor dude. I don't know. Um, nope. uh, Richard Grant was Giles Redfern. Um, he was in movies such as Hudson Hawk, The Player, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh, Mary Warnov was Chaneller. Ch- uh, Spice World. Oh, Richard E. Grant sorry. was in Spice World, the Spice Girls movie. And Lori Singer was in Footloose. Oh, yeah. Oh. Not much about her, though. Loser. Anyway, that's pretty much the, uh, Maid. the players in this in this great Academy Award-winning movie I had to watch. Um, the budget yeah. was $15, 15 million. 
box office is nine million. It's 103 minutes. It's not really a horror, in my opinion. It's kind of more supernatural sci-fi. Um, and it's listed as Meyer, fantasy horror. Steve Meyer directed awesome movies such as Right Up Billy's Alley, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, Friday the Thirteenth Part Three, House, Halloween H2O, Twenty Years Later, Lake Placid. So yeah, he's got some really good credits to his name. So um, it's not this. Yeah, one. we did we did Warlock. No, definitely not this one. No way. <laughs> How do you miss Footloose? It's almost like there's, you know, it, it would be nice if they had a, a website out there that just told you what movies these actors were best known for. Can like, you imagine, like, like a database? Footloose? Like a, yeah, on, on the internet. Yeah. About movies. movies. Same. I mean, y'all, I'm not going to name everything they're in, so people can, people have Google. So. You're going to not name people's <laughs> most is, notable accomplishments? This is your rundown, Rick. Oh, and, and on everything. I, on IMDb, I couldn't find anything on Lori Singer. She was the daughter was of some Wikipedia. conductor. It was on IMDb. You need to look at IMDb because that's where I get like the best information, like the shit that I steal from the the goofs and uh, bloopers Trivia. part. Yeah, that's my that's my favorite part, the, the goofs part, because I start to look for all that shit. Like, oh, I see that cameraman hiding in the bush now. Rick said he doesn't know y'all who's nothing. Oh, the movie was terrible, so it deserved a terrible rundown. There, there you Whoa. go. Sick cool. burn on James's movie. I don't know nothing about Laurie Singer. She's only the most uh, epic movie of the 80s ever. Whoa. This one? <laughs> I think he refers Footloose. to Footloose. Definitely would not say Footloose is the most epic 80s movie. Listen, I just last week I just watched two farmers chop people up to make sausage. <laughs> yeah, that was more entertaining than this shit fantasy adventure that is at least entertaining James well, just wants the podcast travel. to review Lord of the Rings <laughs> like, the, like the Mangler won a, lots of awards or whatever the Mangler that. is a fun film don't hate he and works in a fucking laundromat have we watched the Mangler? no <laughs> Okay. I don't think we have. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't remember watching that. <laughs> no, but we do. I'm going to shit on it and flush it down the toilet. I mean, yeah, it's a shitty movie, but it's fun. <laughs> if you didn't hear that, I'm going to shit on it and flush it down the toilet. <laughs> you can't even shit, James. <laughs> James shits far too often, if, if we're being honest about it. Uh, James got probably get that checked out. <laughs> He's got eight dead oxen. So, James... Let's go ahead and hear your bicycle story, unless Rick's done made you so mad you forgot it. I remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> so back in the early 90s, uh, it was this ragtag group of freshman football players thought they were the damn uh, bees knees of Westmoreland riding around, their pajamas. <laughs> riding around their bicycles in a gang. <clears throat> Here we are, five or six of us. Riding down the road on our bicycle. Andy Gent says, look at them spokes. <laughs> and sticks his foot out and puts his foot in my front spoke on my bicycle. I go over the handlebars. <laughs> <laughs> wreck him up. And the two people behind me wreck too. <laughs> <laughs> so you caused a, a three-bike pileup is what you did. Or oh, I guess Andy did. He did. <laughs> I stick his foot with my- any injuries? Not really. I think I come away without a scratch, Bill. Andy broke my fall. I had one of them old Schwinn bicycles. I remember that, that thing looked that thing looked like an antique. It was an antique, Bill. And the, the handlebars turned like <laughs> diagonal instead of you know horizontal. They turned 
<laughs> oh so, yeah, it, it looked like you were riding a, a mountain a mountain goat. Well, yeah, you know that bicycle in the Wizard of Oz that the Wicked Witch drives. That was Mrs. Gulch. I don't Just think like the witch that. actually take the has a broom. Take the bag, take the basket off the front of it, and that's what I was on. <laughs> it was a Schwinn. I remember it well, James. <laughs> don't think I wasn't. Were you here uh, for this incident, Billy? I was not here for that incident. However, knowing who caused the incident, I can tell you right now, this was no surprise whatsoever. I once had a seance with this guy. Oh. Oh. Yeah, nothing was ever conjured because it's not real. But uh, that didn't stop us from trying. And it was his idea because I think he secretly worshipped the devil. (laughs) I got a lot of claims about this child. Well, you just have to know him. You just have to know him. He ended up on the bicycle. But he never did try to conjure any spirits with me, so. <laughs> he knew they'd never show their face around you, James. I don't think James would be ever present for a seance. That doesn't sound like his scene. That's right. He'd be, no. um, he'd be no, too that's scared. Bullshit. That's bullshit. He, he'd be there uh, just to, to tell the tale. <laughs> I'd be standing in the other room looking. Looking for what? Trying not to listen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> with, with his ear to the wall. The plastic yeah. cup. I would not well, be guys, around anymore. No, I, I I don't doubt that. You'd be the first one out the door. But uh, let's talk real quick before we jump into the movie about what we've got coming up in uh, in the world of horror. Has anybody seen anything advertised about Jeepers Creepers Reborn? No. No. Yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to that one. Is it a different um, director? It is most certainly a different director. They, they nice. do not Good. give... Uh, yeah. Uh, what was his name? Um, shit. Javier or something? No, Victor. Yeah, Victor Salva, Salmon. Yeah, something like that. Something like that, yeah. Well, good, they're changing it. That's good, because I think that guy ended up sucking, right? Like, he did some shitty stuff. Where he did? Well, what's crazy, yeah, I'll, I'll run that down real quick. This actually all happened, like, a really long time ago. Exactly when he made that. I think when he made Funhouse or before Funhouse, maybe? or I think he likes to give little kids candy. Yeah, that was exactly it. Um, it was in the 80s. Yeah, it was like in the 80s. And then I th- he did like some some time in jail. And I, for a good while, he was basically posing as like a delivery guy to hand off scripts to people to kind of underhand it to, you know, to, to get it worked. Um, and it didn't, I guess it didn't come out until he was making the movie powder that all this that shit had gone weird. down. Kind of, yeah, pretty weird. Um, but yeah, it was definitely some, some very bad unforgivable shit that he did. So, uh, he just kind of kept it under wraps for the longest time. And you know, like when you go see a movie with, you know, the, the casual observer does not do any kind of background check on the writers and directors of these films. So it was very easy that if he put out a film that was just some fucking fire, that it was going to get seen and it would blow up. And that's what Jeepers Creepers did. Um, broke records for, uh, uh, what holiday was it? Maybe Labor Day? Uh, I want to say it was Labor Day that it came out and broke. It was like the all-time highest grossing film uh, on Labor Day weekend or just Labor Day period. Yeah, it looks like it would have been Labor Day. Okay, so, um, I mean, that that movie blew up. And, of course, the sequel, I think he did as well. Uh, I think there might have been a third one. I don't know that he was involved in the third one. Somebody can probably fact check me on that. There is, and (laughs) he was. 
So it looks like this is the first one to differ. Okay. Okay. So this one is going to be directed by Timo Voronsola. Uh, I want to say he is a New Zealander or Aussie, but this one is... Um, Finnish. He's Finnish? Mm-hmm. Another shrimp on the barber. Close enough. Close enough. Um... But yeah, this oh, one uh, is about a couple of couple of kids who go to uh, a horror festival <laughs> where one of the kids is uh, getting some premonitions and disturbing visions, and of course they're associated with the creeper. Um, there's going to be a kind of a reimagining of. Of, of the creeper now this we're calling it a sequel but it is very much a reboot um i don't know that there's going to be anything tying any past actors or situations to this one i think it's just a brand new situation period but it has sydney craven imran adams matt barkley ocean navarro and some lady named d wallace Yes, some lady. Oh, yeah, just some lady, yeah. Yeah, some lady named Dee Wallace is going to be in there. Looks very cool. Wasn't she in Willow? Going to need somebody to check that one for me. Was she? Uh, Hold on. Billy, I did think about of another... I just looked up another movie that I thought about that does come out next week that's horror. Please tell. Um, it is called X, the letter X. Um, it's directed by T. West. Ty. Ty West. He did an amazing movie called House of the Devil. Uh, he's done Innkeepers. Uh, he's done Sacrament. He's um, in comes... one of the movies we watched. He's the boyfriend wearing the scarf who gets shot through the head. And you're next. Comes out oh. March 18th next week. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. Is that the one that Kid Cuddy's in? No. This is Mia Gotch and Ortega, Martin Henderson, Brittany Snow, Scott Muscutty. Scott Muscutty is Kid Cuddy. So yes. I would is. know that. Sorry. I'm not into the rap <laughs> name here like Casey is. I'm excited about that one then. I saw the trailer I, yeah, for that actually. It's... It looks crazy. Look so, yeah. Sounds like it's going to Calm down, James. But, dude, Ty also, West does some good films. So it'll be, yeah. So, also, a trailer just dropped, and I know Casey's going to avoid it, for a film that, James, I better not hear shit from you. Uh, this one is called Buzz Cut. Uh, it looked really what? interesting to me. Yeah, it's called Buzz Cut. Uh, it is a... Uh, is the Hash House Harriers, which is a drinking club with a running problem, um, encounter a killer beekeeper in a crazy oh Kiwi horror God. comedy that is part Animal House and part 80s slasher movie. Go ahead, get out of your system, James. Billy, did you write this movie? <laughs> That's a fair question. But no, I did not. That's where I got the Kiwi. I, that's where I got New Zealand. Uh, not from Jeepers Creepers, but from this one. Sounds like a great movie to me, Bill. Thank you, James. Thank you, you think for... he's being honest? No, but I'm going to pretend he is until he shows me otherwise. But this is you know, said to be New Zealand's first slasher movie. Uh, even though it's a, com- it's a slasher comedy, um, it's described as a cheeky and politically incorrect film, so it's already up my alley, which also pays homage to the most hardcore slasher movies. Plastic dolls, stoner children, and a lot of beer are some of the ingredients of this story that reminds us of Peter Jackson's bad taste, but without aliens. You cheeky bastard. <laughs> and this is the, the writing and directing debut of... Uh, uh, Martin Renner. Studio is JFO Films. Um, I, I haven't seen a good uh, slasher comedy in a while. Maybe since uh, uh, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, even though uh, you know the kills were accidental in that one. Uh, spoiler alert. Scream. The new Scream is available to stream now. 
I almost rented that, but you know what I did? I actually bought one through three in a bundle on Vudu. And I watched three of those and I realized that I hadn't seen three before. So that means I have to watch part four before I watch part five. But you've seen part four or no? I No, I don't think I have. Hey, parts are there? there. The five. new one is the fifth. I'm making a yeah. sixth one this summer. I thought there were just two. No. Apparently I thought that as well because that's where I stopped. How did you feel about three? It felt like that's where they were starting to go downhill a little bit. Okay. And that might exchange the, the time difference between three and four. Wasn't there quite a while between those parts? Yes. Speaking about Scream, I watched uh, uh, You Can't Kill David Arquette. Hey, listen. What? D- David Arquette, you'll, you'll, you'll appreciate this and it might get you into the, into the mood a little bit, Casey. But David Arquette has a long-standing relationship with the professional wrestling industry. And we I can actually segue. knew that. So, did you know that back in the late 90s, you know, th- these wrestling companies oftentimes will bring in celebrities to kind of boost ratings or just to commemorate, like, big events. Well, David Arquette, being a long-standing wrestling fan um, and also being in the movie Ready to Rumble, he did some angles in WCW. And believe it or not, and this was a highly criticized thing that happened because wrestling purists don't like it when outsiders come in and, you know, take big parts in stories. Like, definitely don't give them a title, you know. Let them come in and have fun in a story, make it fun for the fans, but don't do anything serious that's going to, quote-unquote, expose the business. Well, David Arquette did uh, the one of the biggest things that people are going to ever remember about the end of WCW, or the, the last couple of years of WCW. He actually won the World Heavyweight Championship. Now, what happens is they book these matches, and, you know, the, the bad guy slips on a banana peel, and, you know, the good guy takes advantage, and it's like a, a, a major fluke of a win, but... He won it. David Arquette is on the record books as being one of the last few world championship wrestling heavyweight champions. And here with he that, is now. Here he is now. But he also, you probably knew this as well, being a, a, a Scream fanatic, um, David Arquette also took part in some very hardcore independent wrestling like actually became a professional wrestler uh, on the underground scene like the the lights and you know glamour of hollywood is not present in in these places okay this is a like you know dark bingo hall type situations and he's just gladly taking part of it probably getting paid pennies on the dollar that he would make you know uh, making a film even his worst film probably made a hundred times more than he's going to make as a professional wrestler on the independent scene but he's doing it and not only that but he's (sighs) taking bumps like he's falling off rafters he's taking chair shots he's falling on thumbtacks he's doing the shit that you know, a, a lot of the big time guys would never take place. You know, take part in. I commend him. I, I, I'm forever a David Arquette fan. James, how was that documentary? I never saw it. It was actually pretty good. Anything you know, he know had three heart attacks. <laughs> no. <laughs> Scott Hall, yeah, he's on life support. Not Scott Hall, David Arquette. No, Scott Hall's on life support, and he had three heart attacks. Yeah, but David Arquette had three heart attacks and then wrestled. Forty six years old. He's on. Okay, he did this at 46. He's not 46 now. 19, he was 46 years old. So he's 50 now. Okay, okay. I love Still, 
He had three heart attacks and went back and wrestled. That is the type of hardcore shit that, okay, I guess, you know, when in Rome? For less than a light bulb. Hmm. Well, you know, they, they say when in Rome, do as the Romans do. Did you Maybe know? That ain't fucking around. His best friend is, uh, or was, what's his name? Perry? Matthew Perry? Jungle Boy? I think Boys. I did know that. Yeah, I, I think I did know that. Matthew well, that Perry? Was- Luke, yeah. Luke Perry. Luke Perry. Who the fuck is Matthew Perry? Matthew Perry is on Friends. Yeah, on Friends. Okay, yeah, Luke Perry was his is that one o. <laughs> yeah, so Jungle Jungle Boy is uh is Luke Perry's kid. Yeah, he was wrestling in AEW before it became real big. David Arquette was, and they was with him the night he got stabbed in the neck and had to go to the hospital. And then like six weeks later or something. Luke Perry died. <clears throat> so sad. Speaking then, of, Luke Perry, our Jungle Boy, and David Arquette have a match after Luke Perry dies, and then you know they they kind of end the documentary there. Damn! Now I'm gonna have to see it. Where did no, you see this, James? Uh, fuck. Hulu? No, I, I don't really remember. You know, you just don't want me to fucking watch it. Where did I see it at? Shit. Well, it'll come to you. But, you know, we did just lose, um, today, I think, we, we lost William Hurt. So, R.I.P. William Hurt. You'll remember him from, uh, I guess if we're keeping it in context of this podcast, he was, uh, the, 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 I guess the head of the village in The Village. He brother was, of John indeed. Hurt, I think. Um, but, yeah, he, he'd been around. He'd been in uh, quite a few films. And, uh, yeah, we lost him at 71. I think some form of cancer is what, uh, what took him. So... Yeah, R.I.P. to him. And then, as Rick was alluding to, a professional wrestler, Scott Hall, uh, is in yeah. pretty pretty bad pretty bad shape right now. Who uh, I guess he went in for some sort of minor surgery uh, on his hip. Something went awry, and he had like three heart attacks in in, in that. Yeah, I said he had three of them, and now he's on life support. So yeah, uh, Scott Hall would, uh, would be known to some as uh, Razor Ramon. And of course, he went to Scott Hall for the you know the remainder of his career after he left WWF. But uh, he's a, a larger than life figure for wrestling fans. I don't know why we're talking so much about wrestling, but it's relevant, I guess. You damn right, it's relevant, Bill. Yeah, yeah. But hey, um, you know there's something else we need to talk about. I didn't, but you're gonna tell me. All them killings going on in damn uh, Tennessee, Virginia. What? What? That what are you talking about? Stuff about. The mainstream media don't want you to know. Oh, here we go. Oh, God. Who's the culprit, James? Do, do, I, is there something that you know that the police don't? Well, not me, but a close personal acquaintance. No, you don't have any close personal acquaintances outside of the show. <laughs> well, I know it ain't y'all because y'all's heads is buried in the sand. Well, at least we're innocent, James. Well, so so what's going on? You, you this is like over in East Tennessee, Southern East Virginia, what? West Virginia, Virginia. Uh they've been finding bodies, parts, strode everywhere in culverts and different places and caves and shit. Hey, they found one the other day over here in uh Adams, Tennessee, close to Adams. That's just, up, that's just up the road. That's that's Bell Witch Country. Yep. They found a dismembered body in a cave. Well, in a cave, you, I'm not even going to go there, James. What? What are you going to say? I was just going to say any animal could drag a body somewhere and devour it. Doesn't mean well, it was killed there. Here we go. <clears throat> well, there's also been sightings oh. of these things 
around these areas. Are you one of the ones who've, who've made those sightings? No, I haven't ever seen one. Okay. Well, at least we got a little bit. Yeah, we got a little bit of truth out of you just now. Hey, James, you know what you call a a big prejudiced scary clown? What? A big it. All I'm saying is, Bill, <laughs> you go out in the woods, you better be careful. That was awesome. Hey, Rick, uh, you know why uh, Halloween French pastries are so scary? Why? Because they give you the crips. That's stupid. Why, why are you muted while you're laughing? I'm not. I didn't hear Casey's any of that muted. laugh. Oh, Casey's muted. Why is Casey muted? It'd make fun, Bill. Damn, a girl can't have a light cough. No, you're not allowed. This is... This yeah, is he just coughed directly into my fucking mic. Sounds like some underlying symptoms. <laughs> hey, Casey, you know why the ghost entered the wine shop on Halloween? I don't understand the question, and I refuse to respond to it. For the booze. <laughs> oh, God, that's awful, Billy. A baby ghost in a Halloween play. <laughs> you did? <laughs> no, you were the grandpa ghost, James. I was a baby ghost. I'm pretty sure I was a baby ghost. So you were like... Three times bigger than all the other kids, and you were the baby. I guess that makes it ironic. I had one line. <laughs> I thought you, your line was "Come along, Sonny, so we can go wherever the fuck we're going." Sure, they're talking to me. Damn! So you just said somebody else's lines? That's probably. <laughs> I didn't have one line. What was your line, James? It was "Boo," because I was the baby. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, we we did a, a Halloween play in fourth grade, and James I was. Supposed to be Grandpa Ghost. And they made me the baby ghost. <laughs> I don't want to be in the play. I wasn't as, uh, was it called? Articulate? Yeah, that, but, uh, you know, when you're outgoing, I wasn't as outgoing as I am now. <laughs> oh, no. yeah, you kind of were, though, James. You just didn't want to do it in front of the class. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> I saw it in you the whole time, James. The whole time. I don't even know what the play was we were in. We were in the same one, right? Because we, yeah, we, we split up the class. Well, no, we, we had two plays, though. Like, half the class was in one play, half was in the other. I was in the same one as you because I was the, the grand finale, Daddy. I was the wise old owl. You said, to wit, to woo, I'm here to help you. <laughs> You're goddamn right I did. That was my first line. Casey, Rick, you guys are in the presence of acting royalty. Okay, nine-year-old Billy Graves with an orange tri- uh, diamond painted on his face, calling it a beak. That's giving Bill, yourself to the role. Only writer, actor, and director. You know, <laughs> I, I know we we all know Jim Burkett. That's so, true. But I'm more uh, mainstream than Jim Burkett. <laughs> oh yeah, he's underground. He, he's he's famous in China, and he might have us outnumbered. But Jim Burkett, I'm here to tell you. You never saw the acting, writing, and directing chops of one J.B. Puffin stuff from fourth grade. Not in your wildest dreams. That's not the same year that I wrote Minimum Overdrive. <laughs> it it most certainly was. Both were in fourth grade. I wrote it in third grade. Nope. We weren't in the same class in third grade, James. Okay. <laughs> God, I, gotta be, I have to be your memory, too, and I'm sick of that. You know, I was also a publicist, Bill, because I made made the book, the hard back and everything you're a man of many talents james i, I guess uh, it's one of those things where you know you're a jack of all trades but a master of none emphasis on the master of none hey casey hey what why don't uh no. why don't witches wear underwear no get a better grip on the broom so I... guys we watched <laughs> warlock and this was james's pick and fucking hang up 
he made us suffer through this film. But like I said, a pleasant, a pleasant surprise. And Rick made mention that this thing was rated R and it's got to be from all that violence and gore. Uh, there was no nudity in this thing. There's a little bit of implied funny business in there, but uh, like nothing visual. Um, like, but it wasn't that graphic, though. That's not understand. Like, it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he cut off that dude's know. finger and there was barely any blood. Yeah, there was, it, there was red on like the end of his knuckle. That, that's all you're yeah. going to see here. Um, I mean, th- this is really all about the dirty deeds performed by our star, though. The Warlock, played by Julian Sand. Um, we visited the fact that this was directed by Steve Miner and all the films that he'd done. Um, he also did this... Uh, well, no, I'm thinking of the writer. Um, the, this thing was written by... What, what's his fucking name? I, I, I didn't even note his name. But he wrote Pitch Black. Okay, Pitch Black is uh, probably my favorite film uh, listed by this writer. Um, basically, it's a movie about uh, some, some creatures that feed at night, and these people are about to... It's a race against the clock because there's about to be an eclipse where there's a whole month of... Uh, of, of they got Vin Diesel? I believe that one does have Vin Diesel. He also wrote and Cole Harper and mm. He also wrote The Fugitive, which I love. Yeah, so I actually filtered the movies uh, by genre and just brought in the horror stuff. But I saw a Harrison Ford flick, and I thought it was The Fugitive. The Fugitive is a badass fucking flick. No yeah. matter what your favorite genre is, um, it might be top three Harrison Ford flick for me. Damn. I mean, he's got a lot of film. I know, but Indiana, top three? I don't know. Man, The Fugitive was so good. Tommy Lee Jones was a G in that film. Of the solo, like, not Indiana Jones, not Star Wars movies, I could see that. Like, if I discount those. I count sagas as one, though. Mm. Like, if it's Indiana Jones, it's just Indiana Jones in general, not, you know, one of the individual films. But you would pick the second one, right? Oh, Temple of Doom is by, yeah, by far my favorite, and then Last Crusade, and then Raiders, and that's where the movies ended because they didn't make another one after that. That's true. So, yeah, they did. Yeah. No, no, no. no. Hang on, James. Uh, read the, 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 the winks on your screen. Da, 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 da. They didn't make anything after Last Crusade because what we're saying is part four sucked. Four dead suck. You didn't like part four? Oh god. What was part four? Was that the Kingdom Crystal of the Crystal Skull? Yeah. Oh yeah. That my boy oh. Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Who? Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> <laughs> that was him. Went crazy, Bill. He kind of did. So we were all pretty disappointed in uh in, in Rick's not very glowing detail of Lori Singer but yeah let's talk about her for a second she's in this flick and I learned a lot about her prepping for this film I'm here to tell you Lori Singer is no do nothing bitch like first of all she's 5'10 and a half hammerish if you ask me and uh yeah like all she had to do was say that she wanted to model and it was a wrap she already looked good 5'11 almost but did you know that she's a cellist and not only a cellist, but a prodigy cellist. Like, got accepted into Juilliard at just 14 years old. Like, she, you know, became Juilliard's youngest undergraduate student. Damn. Yeah. I did not know. Yeah, just, hey, take a cello, turn it on its side, and cello, you got a bass guitar. A but, oh, my God. I'm down, but... <clears throat> But I like learning about non-acting credits, you know, like on people's resumes like this one. Um, so it's like kind of like when I learned that, you know, Rick can eat a corn dog in two bites or less with his hands behind his back. Here's my question. 
Mm-hmm. How's he do it? I don't know. Just I mean, his jaws. We all wonder. But watching oh. this movie, oh yes, there's the warlock, right? The namesake, mm-hmm. Julian Sands. Mm-hmm. Looking at his character, did you get Spike from Buffy vibes? I know this predates Buffy. I know that. But Who's did anyone Spike? else catch those vibes? I I think I have to do a Google search. I don't remember who Spike is. Spike's the bleach blonde vampire. James uh, Marsters. <laughs> Got that? Uh Oh, that guy. That guy. Um, okay, so I'm going to be real honest. Mm-hmm. When you said Buffy, I automatically started thinking about the Christy Swanson movie. Oh, no. The only Buffy the Vampire Slayer I know is Christina Swanson. Nah, that's not what I'm talking about. No, well, I'm talking you about You lost the show. me. I Apparently. definitely never saw a single episode of that for some reason. Yes, uh, even no. though it was, lo- it was, yeah. I, I mean, hell, any show that's on for as long as it was and gets spinoffs, probably pretty good. I just could not. I liked it. it. It's one of those WB shows, right? I could not tell you what it originally aired on. I was pretty young when I watched it. <laughs> Thank you, James. I needed that. <laughs> so on a julian sands though as far as horror flicks go uh warlock and the sequels probably have to be his best known work wouldn't you say i think so i mean do you consider arachnophobia horror i mean yeah to me sure. that's scary to me i mean jeff daniels is in it that doesn't make it less scary no, so was saying, dumb and dumber. Saying, yeah he, he was in dumb in and dumber it, so. i guess that makes it a horror flick huh no, I'm just saying he's in the movie. Okay, well, do you consider it a horror? Like, answer the question at yes, hand, Rick. It's a horror, yes. Rick's scared of Jeff Daniels. Warlock is. Warlock is a sci-fi. It's not horror at all. I was not scared it's, at all. Rick is scared it of death. It's terrified. Really scared of death. Arachnophobia, yeah. Spiders, just creepy. James, you consider arachnophobia a horror? Oh, <clears throat> uh, yeah. I wish what I wasn't scared they? of spiders. It makes me hey, feel bad. It's definitely well, not a fantasy <laughs> well, I can tell you this. I never lost sleep because of a horror flick, but I lost sleep because of arachnophobia. Yes. That would be a horror movie. Yeah, that's... I'm not saying it's not. I'm just asking Frank Atlantis. In a time of high adventure. So I just, like, felt stuff crawling on me during the night. Uh, yeah, much much like, you know, you'll feel tonight when you close your eyes. You might feel you like... You know a little... how many spiders you've eaten in your lifetime sleeping? I... They I hear it's a lot. Yeah, I don't think that's true. How many spiders has a 40-year-old man eaten in his lifetime? I wouldn't know. I'm 39. Let me know in a month because I'm oh not 40, but you will be. How many When's spiders your birthday, James? average person eat? 52 spiders over the course of a lifetime. I don't think that's, I don't think true. that's true. There's no way anyone can track that. Or eating 25. That's not true. There is a way they can track it. How? Okay. How? Humans? Swallow an average of eight spiders each year while sleeping. I think that's fake. Yeah, I don't believe that. Wait a minute. 52 in a lifetime and then eight per year. My math sucks, but that would mean that, like, this person only lives to be seven years old. I googled this. Luckily for all of us, the fact that people swallow eight spiders in their sleep yearly isn't true, not even close. The myth flies in the face of both spiders and human biology, which makes it highly unlikely that a spider would ever end up in your mouth. Thank you. So that is not real. Thank God. Well, it could also be that these spiders aren't the size of, you know, your your thumb, that like you're thinking of. But like little, you know, 
very tiny ones, like the, the size of I a pinhead. You know that a sloth cannot fart? That I did know. I wake up every day and I think about how true that statement is. But sleep well tonight, guys. I hope you do. I hope you eat a spider, Bill. Well, damn. That's pretty fucked up, James. Pretty fucked up. But hey, let's talk about Warlock. All right, so, like, the introduction that, you know, we get to this film, like, they're just... They're going to execute our boy, Julian Sands. Bill, um, did that one guy look to you? Which guy? Uh, Hang on. I, yeah, one guy did. One guy did very much look look familiar. Like, okay, just, I guess, to set the, the tone, and, and, and I'll get to this, James, but, like, where we begin the tale is, like, the most miserable place on Earth, and he just looks like he belongs there, doesn't he? And we're, we're talking about Mr. Pitt, right? Yes. Did anybody else catch uh, Elaine Bennis' boss, Mr. Pitt, and that group of harbingers of death that are walking across his, the the grounds of the village? I didn't. No, you I didn't? didn't. Mm-mm. They were walking in the tower. Yeah, so well, you, I can catch that. Yeah, so you got this uh, group of like four or five guys. like, And this, this village looks so miserable. Like there's kids named Samuel, and you've got this set of dudes walking around the village with like nothing but death on their mind. One of them's got a cane, and somehow he's walking the fastest. Um, But yeah, Mr. Pitt is one of those few guys, and you, you see him in the tower. And if, if you don't see him, hearing the voice should definitely, because you just think it's like, Farfel. No, wait, Farfel was a, a different guy. Um, Mr. Pitt was, uh, you know, he, he needs his, his socks and he needs, uh, you know, to, to eat his candy bar with a knife and a fork. Oh, Thundercat. So, I can't believe you didn't catch Mr. Pitt, Casey. I know, I don't think uh, Rick even watched Seinfeld. Did you not, Rick? Uh, I mean, I watched some of it. I'm not, like, I don't have a heart on for it like everybody else does. God damn. Yeah. <laughs> Rick just making assumptions about my dick. Oh, Rick. <laughs> That's a good job, Rick. And I honestly probably watched like two episodes and that's it. I've never, I mean, I was too young, man. I was, ex- Rick, I was like six years old. Rick, how old do you think I am? I'm just saying when it was on, I was too young to understand what the hell was going on. you can't stream it anywhere now. I well, hey, don't have the service you can stream it on, so. Be, beware, guys. Beware. Do <laughs> not suggest oh, Rick watch anything. <laughs> I okay. saw this interaction earlier. God, that like um, let me let me let me explain myself two seconds, th- two minutes, please. really quick. I just don't like it when people are like, "Oh man, you should watch this. This is really awesome." Oh, do you watch this, The Walking Dead, or Game of Thrones, or Dairy Girls, or any of this other stuff? Oh man, this is so good. Dairy you need to watch Girls, this. he called you out, Billy. I'm gonna watch no. something if, if if I find it interesting and if the plot is interesting to me. If, just because someone else says Walking Dead's good and I watched one episode and I hated it, so I didn't watch it again. So I mean, I'm not gonna watch something just because everyone else is watching it and you know, that just, I don't. That just annoys me. So. Rick is not one for water cooler talk. <laughs> no, like don't ever suggest Rick. Wa- hey, he's like, hey, I think this would be up your alley. I'm gonna suggest it. Don't do that because I hate it. People can suggest right. stuff. I'm just saying people are like, man, I'm just saying, do you watch Game of Thrones? And I'm like, no, when you don't watch Game of Thrones and people think you're like fucking an alien. And I'm like, sorry if I don't watch fucking Game of Thrones. It doesn't interest me. Exactly. Lord of the Rings is a hundred thousand times better. So. so your problem isn't that they're suggesting it. Your problem is that they look at you crazy when you say you don't watch yeah, it. Yeah, and they're just like, oh, I can't believe you don't watch that. You're missing out. I'm like, am I really missing out, or is it just because you like the show? Rick is the ultimate hater. It's I mean, like, uber hater. But, you know, Rick this was like... hit see people enjoy themselves. 
It was his first thought of the day, guys. It was his first thought of the day. This tweet came out at like 5 a.m. I was wrapping up notes on this film. So he gets up out of a dead sleep, goes to take a piss, and then tweets, you know what I fucking hate when people suggest shows to me. (laughs) Fuck all of you guys. I'm going back to bed. That's terrible. I was like, God damn, Rick. Like, people can't suggest a... Say, hey, man, have you seen uh, uh, the new Batman? No? Okay. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say about it is okay. People can suggest stuff. I just don't... I don't like it when people think I'm missing out or my life is horrible because I've never seen a certain show or I don't watch it. Like, sorry. Rick, have you ever seen Grease too? Yes, my wife loves that movie. (sighs) Okay, good. Don't have to recommend it. Shucks it better than the first one, actually. Damn. Well, what I want to know, Rick, is you had three examples there of, I hate it when they suggest this, this, and this. Two of those are things that I have suggested to you. Yeah, I was going to say, he was calling Billy out. Two, like, I'm not... You're not the person who suggests those to me, though. Numerous people suggested those when they were still on... When Game of Thrones is still a thing. Billy, You're telling me right now... Did you watch Game of Thrones, Billy? I... I watched it, but I never suggested it because I didn't like it. Oh, okay. But Rick, here's here's another thing. How many other people besides present company have ever suggested Dairy Girls to you? <laughs> Nobody except you. Nobody except me and Casey. And really, so, I just offered backup to Billy. I didn't go out of my <laughs> way to do it. I was just hyping that, the idea. Why yeah. do you like Dairy Girls? What did he say? Why don't you like Game of Thrones? Wait a minute. Are you talking to me or are you talking to Rick? I'm talking to you. I care what Rick thinks. <laughs> okay. Far-fetched about when people tell him to watch something, he can't watch it because it's going to ruin his life. <laughs> <laughs> like, watching the show is so much better than being suggested to watch the show. Well, I'll tell you, yeah. like, what I watched game of thrones up until the season where joffrey bit the dust i don't know what season that was if anybody can tell me what season that was i'll be thankful but i can't remember when that was book two though that's all i know it's in book two that could have been season like four and i think it might have been season four or something like that but i feel like i wanted to like this show so much that when i watched it and saw that it was so slow moving. Like season one was like watching paint dry. I made it through. But this might be the most slow move. Excuse me. The most slow moving show I'd ever dedicated time to. Breaking Bad was a really slow burn. But it kept me engaged. Also oh, I was I older Breaking when Bad. I watched it. I was a lot older when I watched it. But when I watched Game of Thrones. It moved so slow. I felt like. The, the sex scenes were there only to be sex scenes. They didn't further any storyline. And I'm not weird or prudish or anything like that, but that kind of turned me off to the show. Um, if it had been a little faster paced and maybe half the sex in the movies, I think there would have been a lot, a lot more value to what was on the show. And I would have liked it a lot more because I was very invested in seeing Joffrey go down. And once that happened, it was like it jumped the shark for me. And I just couldn't go back to it. Hmm. Does that do enough for you, James? Interesting. I know you've read the books probably, right? Yeah. Well, see, that probably probably Still makes a difference. George. Well, I can't help you there, James. I'm sure y'all know what that is, but that's all no, right. Not a clue. I have all no right, idea. so... 
book in the uh, song of fire and ice. What is it called? The James Taylor song? Yeah. Oh, that's fire and rain. Never mind. Well, back to the film. Guys, they're going to execute our guy, Julian Sands. Um, I'm already fucked up because I believe it was Mr. Pitt that suggested this, but like his punishment is to be hanged. And then I can't remember the exact verbiage, but he's going to be burned over a, did they say a basket of cats? Yeah, Bill. What the fuck? What kind of Luca Magnata shit is this? I guess that went over some heads too. Casey, I expected more out of you. We don't like cats. I got stuck on mute. I know who that is. It's the don't fuck with cats guy. Yeah. The don't fuck with cats guy. But they got Julian Sands chained up in this tower. And if you didn't catch the way that they've got him shackled up, his hands are cuffed and latched to the cuffs on his feet. But the cuffs on his feet are attached to only his toes. They're not like around his ankles. They're like little bitty shackles on his big toe. Sounds uncomfortable to me. Screwed into his toes, What? It's screwed into his toes. Like Uh it's just a little... Is it? Yeah, it's just a little hole. A metal. And then screw, screws into it. Screws into the toe. That's even worse. That's so he can't cast no magic, Bill. If you ain't got thumbs or toes, you can't cast no magic. Is that a rule to magic? Yes, Bill. Oh, you know nothing. Well, I don't know anything about, you know, 1600s England, which I believe is where they were. That's the reason you're not on my dungeon master team. What the fuck? How did I end up not on your dungeon master team? You know how to dispatch a damn warlock. Or at least keep him idle while I slip through the cracks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he gets loose, and it's probably because of the shitty way they had him tied up. But tell me why the fuck Julian Sands as our warlock is traveling around like the Tasmanian devil in, in, in the form of this little cyclone. Did anybody catch that? I did not. Oh, Sometimes fail, but I don't know. But apparently he's got no control over where he goes because he crash lands in this. I thought they were a couple at first, but, it's, you know, Lori Singer, um, you know, she's your typical California girl renting a room from this guy, just living life. Um, and they go out of their way to show us at the beginning that she's diabetic. And I guess seeing a detail like that at the beginning of a film, you got to think this is a, an important detail for later on. You don't know how it's going to They really kind of hammer it in. Yeah, like she's giving herself an insulin shot within like 10 seconds of, you know, seeing her for the first time. All right. <laughs> Even though this film is very serious, um, like there's some bits of like comedy, even if it's unintentional. Um, and we'll get to, you know, some of that. But early on in this film, you've got like, you know, the, the, the guy from the tower. What, what was his name? The uh, the one with the the, the skin, the, the, the fur coat? <laughs> Red, Red, who? Red Fern. No. Red Fern. Thank you. Is that right? Yeah. yeah Red Fern. Red, you know. oh, okay. Yeah. So he somehow makes it to the future to, to hunt down the warlock. Um, but, I mean, he's got his little warlock radar. It's like a, it's like a contraption that's going to spin whenever he's nearby. Like this like could a, be where, what? Like a gyroscope. Yeah. A gy- good job, James. You are a dungeon master. Right, Bill. This is right up my alley. Well, this, you know, this could be where Lori Singer or Cassandra with a K uh, bows out and lets this guy handle everything. But she fucks around and gets his ass arrested and tased in a very realistic uh, tasing scene, by the way, because that's actually how shit goes down. Um, So he's not there when the when the warlock comes back to the house. And she regrets, you know, that shit because the warlock puts a spell on her too to wait for it turn her 40 
Like, it's so fucking comforting, the the age that James and I will be turning in a very short time. Like, that's the worst thing that he could think of. Turn her 40. I was pretty also, offended by that. No, it's a decade by days or something. So it's not just 40. The next day she'll be 60. But when they've well, got her they didn't... up 40, she looks much older. <laughs> yeah, she looks older. Than... Well, she looked 80s 40, though, to be fair. Uh, I 2022 40 does not look like 1989 40. Like you were on your deathbed at 40 back then. I don't think that's true. Mm. Mm. I, if you ever, there's a phrase that says, you know, 40s the new 30, 30s the new 20. Um, that's for a reason because back in the day, like 40 was not like 40 was considered old. I'm in my prime right now, James. What about you? Yep. I'd, I'd go chop some lumber right now. Me too. But but I get what you guys are saying. Like, she jumps a decade every day or whatever, but they don't say that until a, a little later, right? It's in the damn spell that he cast. He was speaking in rhyme. I was just trying to keep up. No, Did he say no. that it was going to happen daily or that it was just going to happen in that in that moment? Because I didn't catch that it was going to happen daily until old fucking Where the Red she... Fern Grows told her. I mean, it wasn't no gypsy curse like Thinner because he had to put some... He had to put some pronouns in there, and you simple mind couldn't follow it. All I'm saying, James, I was super offended until I learned that she's going to jump 20 years every day. <laughs> okay, so, like, a couple of things that are, like, you know, being done to lay some groundwork. First, like, Cassandra with a K and Redfern, they're out searching for the warlock. Uh, Redfern is salting the leather of his whip, and by salting it, I mean, he's like sucking on the end of the whip and then pouring like fucking Morton salt on it. Just doing it in cycles, like wash, rinse, repeat. He says that witches and the like aren't overly fond of salt. Did y'all know that about, about witches? I did not. Any witch like in salt know that, Bill. Hmm. Witches use salt in spells. Do they? Or do they use it in soup? I mean, both. When do they use salt and spells? I've never seen one of those. I'm going to go back and watch Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and see what Tracy Ullman's doing. Maybe she was in Men in Tights. She was in one of them. She was using eggs and eyeballs and shit. I didn't see no salt in there, though. <clears throat> oh, Warlock's got him some eyeballs. <laughs> he does. So he, he visits his fortune teller <laughs> where she tries to perform her. It's like one of those fake fortune tellers, I think, um, where she tries to perform her usual uh, charade. But like, he's not having it. And um, uh, what's the name of the of the demon that he tries to conjure up with her? Is it like Zamiel or something like that? Yeah, I think so. I tried to think of it later, and I'm probably wrong on that, but it feels like Zamiel. But anyway, I'm going to call him Zamiel just for argument's sake. But the true Zamiel takes over her body and gives some instructions to the warlock. And, like, this is all before he pulls her fucking eyes out and puts them on the palm of his hand and is using it like an instrument of guidance, uh, like a compass. And I guess this is where we kind of learn what the conflict is like what what are the good guys doing what are the bad guys doing right um you know the warlock's been cast into the present time i say present time very loosely because we obviously know it's around you know the late 80s but he's there to gather the grand grimoire all three parts of it mind you and the reward for this task is to be considered the one true son of this demon presumably satan i think they kind of wrote that out though uh, of the script to make it a little more palpable for some studios. 
But whereas Cassandra with a K needs to find this bracelet to reverse her aging curse, the warlock is out looking for the Grand Grimoire in order to basically undo the world. Do I have that down right? What, what, what is the, what's the deal with the Grand Grimoire that we need to know as, as viewers? It's the uh, best spell book for any witch or warlock to have. Like it says all witches and warlocks have a spell, a grimoire, but this is the grand one with all the shit in it. And it's legend says it has the name of the real creator, Jesus, or the name of God. And if you say his name backwards, it'll undo the world. Good to know. So there's that. Everybody got that? And you know what his name is? Rufus. (laughs) You're close. It's Rikishi. Rikishi? Yes, sir. Yeah. The one that used to do the stink face? Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure you read that right, James? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. You can look it up, but I'm pretty sure it's Rikishi or Rikishi. I don't think it's Rikishi. I think it's Rikishi. <laughs> so, somebody get on that and, and, and verify, please. And a follow-up question. Why Just the go- fuck is this? Yeah, that, that, that's what I'm saying. Um, go- but why I the why the fuck is this movie called Warlock if he keeps referring to himself as a witch? Yeah. I thought that too. A man witch is a warlock. Yeah, but well, he, he refers to himself as a witch. Which, like, I'm not mad about. It doesn't bother me, but I did think it was interesting to name the movie Warlock instead of Witch if they were going to do that. I don't feel like you hear the word Warlock enough, though. The last time I remember hearing the word Warlock, because, like, in Harry Potter, they don't say Witch and Warlock. They say Witch and Wizard. But Warlock, the last time I remember hearing it is in um, Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost. The Tim Curry character is a Witch are two different things. But a, a wizard and a warlock, though, um, I, I always assumed that a warlock was like a wizard who dabbled in the dark arts. Yeah, probably. Oh, What's don't the, get me. Pro- don't, don't get all like, oh, it's got to be this, got to be this. And then hit me with a probably, James. It says the term warlock is connected to a darker and evil character, while wizards are usually regarded as good magic practitioners. Hmm. Well, why the hell does Julian Sands refer to himself as a witch to this little kid outside on the swing? Yeah. And he was like, oh, I'm about the kid doesn't go to church or whatever. You know, after he's tossing that football around, he catches it like Tara Owens. He loves him some him. (laughs) Well, James, do you have an answer for that? What? Why does he refer to himself as a witch? Mm, I don't know, because... He would know what he is more than you would. Yeah. Maybe he identifies as a witch, Bill. Oh. Maybe he's transgender. <laughs> I don't think that was ever explained in the movie. Um, but while Cassandra and the guy, um, I keep forgetting his name, Redwood. Red. Redfern. Thank you. <laughs> I knew somebody was going to jump on me. Um, while Cassandra with a K and Redfern are out looking for the warlock, like he's found the first of the th- uh, the first third of the Grand Grimoire in a farmhouse, like a random ass farmhouse. Uh, but this old Mennonite guy recognized that the farm was quote unquote bewitched and marked the outer walls with a hex mark. And I guess that signals Redfern to stop and check the place out. Um, at first, all he finds is this bloodthirsty bat uh, in an open window where the warlock had escaped, or so he thought. Or, you know, or was that all he found? Um, like He also later on finds a single page of that Grand Grimoire in 
Like, how does he know it's the Grand Grimoire? Because he tears the page in half and watches the two pages make themselves one again. Um, the Grand Grimoire can't be destroyed, which is, you know, further proven by the fact that the Warlock used the Grimoire as a, as like a body vest. You know, remember he got stabbed with it and it opened that, that wound in the middle of the pages and they quickly, you know, uh, molded back together again. Um, so what exactly is a Grimoire? To me, it sounded from your experience explanation james that it's like a witch's playbook kind of like the bill walsh uh west coast offense except yeah. with which with witchery i got the wing right. t grimoire bill <laughs> yeah so james has got the the, the wing t grimoire the delaware wing t grimoire uh but but let's back up why did red fern and the mennonite act like they've known each other for years like they just come in shaking hands how you been bill Maybe they're best friends. Well, the uh, Mennonite has uh, extensive knowledge in the old ways, and, you know, Redfern is essentially the old ways. So he knows what's there, and the Mennonite knows what's there. So they're kind of on the same page with that. Okay, so the, the Mennonite, I believe, is like the father of the, uh, the the farmer there. I don't want to just refer to him as the Mennonite, but that's all we have to really go on. Um, well, no, he's Amish. Or no, he asked him... Amish, and he says, no, Mennonite or something, doesn't he? Yeah, so Mennonite. <laughs> Good call, James. I don't know the difference. Does anybody know the difference? I would like to, if we can educate anybody on anything, it would be to know the difference between the, the two communities. They don't use um, any elect electricity. Um, they, do, they do use like a phone, but they don't use a cell phone. Um, they don't have social security numbers. They don't have driver's licenses. Um, and they will go to a hospital if needed, uh, but most of their community has a fund that they donate to. So somebody has to go to a hospital. They have money to take care of that because they don't have health insurance. And then Mennonite does use electricity. Like a Mennonite would drive a car. Yeah. But an Amish would not. Amish are the real deal, and a Mennonite yeah. is 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> a Mennonite is flat. But we've, we've got this Mennonite community up north of us, James, and they don't drive cars. They don't use electricity. I think they're Amish, Bill. I yeah, I think, think they're, they're Amish in, in Scottsville. Well, there's Amish and Mennonites in Scottsville. Yeah. Okay, maybe... Hmm, I don't know. I'm going to go ask them, do a documentary with them. Take it from the Mennonite Menace. They won't let you do a documentary because they will not allow their... They don't, they don't believe in... You can't take their picture, so... I didn't say I was going to do it legally. Shit, Rick. Well, they find you out, Bill. They'll have you strung up. <laughs> Damn. Oh, I don't want that. That ain't how I'm going out. But, you know, there was one point where... Wicker basket. I guess <laughs> who's going to be there to bust you out, Bill? Me. I know. Uh, that's <laughs> what I was banking on, James. That's what I was banking on. But uh, there was one point where they had the warlock shackled hand to toes like he was, you know, before all this shit went down. But uh, the Mennonite farmer did the one thing he was told not to do outside of using electricity he looked the warlock in the eyes and paid the price and worst of all the warlock got away but i learned here that the warlock had two-thirds of the grand grimoire and i have no idea how he got that second third like i thought he found the first one at the farm where the fuck did he get the other one he found the first one in that thing in that home that he flew through the window the very first of it memory so after the he home after he tormented that girl, he went in there and busted that thing up inside that house because that or that guy had a bunch of antiques. 
Jeez. You know, he said it's hundred years old. <clears throat> but and you know, he had a bunch okay, of so, he busted in there and got them papers out of the house, the very first place he went to. Is it sitting? That's the reason the eyeball sitting there. So you're talking about the house with Lori Singer and her land? Well, I don't say landlord. I, I guess hmm, not landlord. Like living roommate, right? Yeah, owner of the home. Yeah, the one that got his. We didn't even talk about that scene though. First of all. We didn't talk about the fact that um, he took that poor guy and bit his tongue out of his face, spit it into a frying pan, and it was just flopping there in the in the in the skillet. Put them cooking. shallots in there and ate it. <laughs> but you know that that scene right there is probably where shit kind of went like downhill. I thought from the moment that happened, when when he he killed the the owner of the home that this film is about to get batshit crazy. And it doesn't return to that. It doesn't get, like, once he loses the finger and lose, like gets his tongue bit out, that's kind of where the craziness stops. And Are you kidding me? Like a, Chopped that little kid just, up for his fat and drank it so he could he fly around. Kid? He killed the kid? I, what movie did you fucking watch? Hancock. Well, they didn't kill the kid in it. Okay, so did he kill the kid on screen? No, it's implied. They said a coyote killed him because he's ripped up so bad. Shit. See? And Redford asked the mom, was he baptized? But isn't that a good, isn't that a good thing for the kid to not be baptized for him? Or does that make him a target? Makes him a target. Because once he asked that, the girl says, why did you ask that? He says, well, from a male child that hasn't been baptized, if you drink the fat of the kid... You can fly after that. And then it shows him drinking some kind of bubbly goo out of a bean can in the next picture, which is probably the kid's fat rendered down to a nice custard. You know a little bit too much about this cannibalism that's going on here. Well, I can't fly, Bill, so I don't know about it. That's debatable. Did anybody else pick up on that stuff? Because I did not. Rick, Casey? No, (laughs) not at all, no. Did y'all even watch the movie? That's ridiculous because I mean it's a whole scene about it. Did y'all not see him ask the mother if he was baptized? No, yeah, I do remember that scene. And I remember that, yeah, that much. Yes, and then I, Lord, I think I've got the same thing going on as Casey does. And then I caught this part. Why did you ask that? And he explains it. And then you see Sands drinking his damn bubbly goo, and he takes off flying. Casey, did you pick up on the fact that what he was drinking was, like once belonged to the kid? Oh, my God. I knew that he was ingesting the kid in some way. I didn't trace exactly what that was. Um, I did read about the movie, and it sounds like there was a murder incident based on this movie. Did you guys see this? Not based. Oh, based no. On- yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell, yeah, tell that story, Casey. I read that, and had you not brought it up, I would have forgotten to bring it up. Yeah, so this is very sad stuff, but um, Mm -hmm. in Saskatchewan 1995, a 14-year-old Sandy Charles told police that he had been contemplating suicide, but a spirit, quote-unquote, told him to kill someone else. Uh, On July 8th, and an unnamed 8-year-old accomplice murdered 7-year-old Jonathan Thompson. Uh, The lawyers on Charles' behalf argued that he had become obsessed with the film Warlock and that the murder was based on occult concepts from the movie. Oh, wow. So. Kind of like the Slender Man situation before before that was a thing. It's equally sad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, um, so to catch. They did cut 
flesh from his body, boiled it, and drank it, hoping that it would give him the ability to fly. So he was found not guilty by reason of insanity. So sounds like there was just um, stuff going on there. But since nobody else picked up on it, how did they figure that out? Apparently, that kid had it on lock because he sure had it figured out. <laughs> yeah, he mm, paid better. We did. Yes. <laughs> That's a fact. Uh, yeah, so much better. better than I did. <laughs> so to catch everybody up, we've got two pieces of, or two-thirds, I guess, if we want to use the right terminology, of the Grand Grimoire in the possession of the Warlock at this point. Um, So the farm scene, absolutely batshit crazy to me. I laughed so much at this at this specific scene where, you know, they, they had their little stare down and whatnot. Um, this is after the, or before they hold down the warlock, get his toes all clamped up and, you know, the Mennonite does what he's not supposed to do. Um, this is kind of the part that I was alluding to earlier. If you remember me bringing up some bits of comedy, even if it's unintentional, uh, the scene where the warlock is flying away from the farm and Redfern's got him ensnared in his lasso, and he's just dragging him across the field. This is crazy. This is the most funniest part of this film to me because I believe right now, in my un with my untrained hands and my untrained mind, that I could do Photoshop so much better than this film. Well, Julian Sands looked to be two feet tall coming out of that out of that window. I urge you to make a better film. I don't think it had a big CGI budget. I remember this one time we had this interview with this guy and we had done the whole interview and then we found out that it wasn't even recorded. Oh my God. So I urged a better picture than this guy did. Damn, Billy, how do you feel about that? <laughs> Rick's calling out all the shit he doesn't want to watch you're telling him about. James is roasting you for a accident in an interview we once did. And I didn't say nothing about them damn bees you want to watch. Billy, are you okay? Well, no wonder your favorite tag team was the killer bees. <laughs> they were not my favorite tag team, James. I've never, ever said that. <laughs> I'm just sitting over here being <laughs> the punching bag that you want me to be, James. <laughs> Oh, mate. I say one thing about two-foot-tall Julian Sands. Well, and you, you, and you want to bring up the fact that we interviewed Jim Burkett and <laughs> the audio didn't record. You all people should know it's not that easy to do this kind of work. Oh, but it's very easy for that shit to go south. Takes a that lot way. of money, Bill. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. But, hey, I didn't release the podcast with only my audio on there, did I? I they released not. this one. Maybe not slur the good name of Warlock. <laughs> you know, seeing the Warlock run like 500 yards away while he's shackled, like only for him to stop and the shackles are basically twist off. <laughs> like that's absolute gold. Why not just run 20 feet away and twist them off and then you're just free to run uninhibited. But no, he's going to run up a, a complete fucking hill, bent over with his hands tied to his feet. Just one. Let's be clear. He just had one hand and one foot tied together. Okay. Well, that's... <laughs> he wasn't hopping along like a fucking sack race. 
<laughs> he he looked like it though. All right, so just mo- he escapes basically. There, there's a really cool scene though because now um, Laurie Singer's character Cassandra with a K is now 20 years older than she was in the previous scene where she was 40. Now she's 60 and she's treating it like she is 160. Yeah, she's like, don't look at my hideous face, and her face is like slightly more wrinkled than the last scene. They drew like two extra lines. <laughs> They drew like a couple of crow's feet around her eyes and that was the extent of it. Her hair's a little longer, her hair's a little more gray, uh, and the face is like basically just a bad Botox job. Well, the apparently in the making of this movie, Lori Singer was considered to be a little difficult because she didn't want to do the prosthetics and stuff that they were originally planning on doing to age her. And instead they ended up throwing her in a wig and like... Um, you know, like manually drawing on the look that she was sporting. So it was she had look- issues with the prosthetics. Apparently, and well, my I always opinion of her just changed. When people say that actors and actresses are difficult, because maybe she's I- allergic to her latex rubber. Yeah, you never know. But also, I know that for a fact that if I was out there working in acting and theaters and stuff, I would be considered difficult. So I always take that shit with a grain of salt. But apparently... Well, well, what exactly would you difficult? I'm a trained actor, and I am difficult. (laughs) Because I'm not friendly or outgoing, and people expect every celebrity they meet on the street to be friendly or outgoing. That's fair. I thought you meant difficult to work with. Probably that, too. Start crying and shit. (laughs) Just in the middle of a a (laughs) scene. Just like, man, she's really tied to this part. I'm difficult to work with now, Bill. You are, James. You are probably the worst. But Cassandra (laughs) with a K and Redfern, um, they they hop a flight to Boston. And I guess they're trying to make it to a specific church where they think they're going to find information on the third part or the third third of the Grand Grimoire. And lucky for them, there's a, a Boston priest there that tells them the third part may very well be right there in Beantown. Isn't there a song, country song? Dedicated to this. Gotta get me to the church on Cumberland Road. <laughs> you thought that was the thing to do, did you, James? Who sings that, Bill? Damn it. Shenandoah. Oh, yeah. I'm just upset with myself that I came right out with that. I wish I would have Googled it, pretended to Google it. It's always good to be honest, mm. but You know anything, any other uh, lyrics from that song, James? Uh. Mm, no. Well, that was the wrong thing to do, guys, because the priest gave up the whereabouts of the book, and or the, the third of the book, and uh, now the warlock's on his trail. He coaxes the information out of him in, in a pretty rough kind of a way, kind of lording himself over the priest's pregnant wife. Gets that information. This sets the stage for a final showdown in a Boston graveyard. And it's a final fight for the third third of the Grand Grimoire. And in this graveyard, they are led to a hex mark on a grave where the remaining sacred pages of the Grand Grimoire are hidden away. And whose grave do they find? Giles Redfern. Giles, by God, Redfern. His own grave, right? Now, seeing his own... (laughs) Seeing his own dead body... Would that cause a time paradox? Because isn't that what Marty McFly was trying to avoid when you know he was going back to the future? I think both people's got to be alive, Bill. Do they? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Because once you're dead, you're dead. Yeah, I guess you, say- you don't make decisions on having seen yourself before, right? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was the mere existence, though. Hmm. Yeah, but I mean, he's talking like 
he come in from the 1600s to 1980-something. He's not going <laughs> to... There's not a statute of limitations on wizardry. Much, Bill. Especially if he's dead and they... It'd be different if he was still alive. He could change something, but I'm talking about they dug him up. Okay, resident expert on time paradoxes, James. Paradox works when your present self is thousands of years deceased. Well, I've just disgusted you, haven't I? <laughs> well, in this final standoff, the warlock has gotten Cassandra with a K. He's shoving nails in her foot while Redfern clutches oh. the pages of the Grand Grimoire. Yeah, that's kind of the fucking worst part of this movie. Um... Like, nails in your hands, nails in your foot. No, fuck it. But he's got the last pages. And Redfern agrees to give up the pages. But the warlock must, quote, take them by hand. And that means he wants a fight. Mano a mano. It's hand to hand, daddy. No tricks. No magic. And uh, our boy Redfern, like, he's fucking him up. He's getting the best of Warlock until, of course, you know, Warlock flipped on him, pulled out the magic out of his sleeve. So the Warlock now has, like, the three-thirds of the Grand Grimoire. The incantation was cast. Clouds opened up. uh, The name of gods crawled across the the pages of the Grimoire. And it's, according to James Rikishi, um, (laughs) with a stink face. And all it would take to undo the world, all worlds would be for the warlock to recite the name backwards. James, say Rikishi backwards. I'm not going to do it, Bill. (laughs) Okay. I told you I was going to say. (laughs) He believed it enough, I guess. But, you know, at this point, though, um, he's shaking his fist at the clouds. He's he's shit-talking God. So, James, tell him what happens next. I'm too mad. They get him with salt water, don't they? Are you asking me or telling me? telling you with the insulin needle right with the insulin needle and we know it was yeah we know it was a the salt water because she stabs him and says something how you like that salt water bitch hey like that salt water garcon hey like that salt water horatio sands (laughs) well that's kind of the end of it he 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 disintegrates into a pile of bloody bones and our boy (sighs) redfern curb stomps him implodes yeah just complete implosion and that's not the end of it Pretty close. close. Pretty close. The great grimoire at. Well, tell me. They bury it in the salt flats. That's right. Uh, Old Cassandra with a K takes it to the uh, the Bonneville salt flats to be precise, which is the largest salt deposit in the world. And then we get the credits. And what a beautiful moment those credits (laughs) is. I've Nothing never quite longed like... to see names on a page quite like I did at the end Dear of this film. God. Casey, what did the critics think of this film? You know, some people liked it. Uh, critics, as far as Rotten Tomatoes goes, we've got an overall score of 53% with an audience score of 47%. So, you know, it's kind of the sort of thing that we're going to come across for this movie. Um, a positive review says a uh, good demonic fun, a medieval Terminator. So uh, the uh, the bad one I thought was interesting said disappointing reverse Terminator clone could have had more action. So apparently and in reading about the movie, a lot of people compared it to Terminator, which I thought was really interesting because I did not think those movies had the same energies at all. Could you say Arnold Schwarzenegger is Red Fern Bill? I could most certainly see him as Redfern. And oh, what's his name? Is Horatio Sands? Yeah. <laughs> guy, what's his name? Uh, Bob Patrick? Yeah. Oh, Bobby I Patrick. I could see that too. But you know, I never once put those two things together, Terminator and, and this 
in this film. I think it's once. I think it's really go through time. Is it is the only thing? Well, there's also the the, the travel with uh, John Connor and the Terminator and um, Cassandra with a K and Redfern stopping along the way, getting ready for the final I fight. It. I just would never have thought to put them together. No, I d- I did not think of it whatsoever. But w- now that it's been mentioned, like it's pretty That's damn close. Two complete strangers come together and bond to fight the villain in a haphazard adventure along the way. That's been played out, Bill, two or three times. You got to get hot about it, James. Rick, what are your final thoughts on this film? Why is Rick's lips moving, but I can't hear him? He's he's probably muted. Oh, I talk about pickles. Did we lose you, Rick? Let me tell you about my boy, Tommy Brady. Coming back for a twenty third season. Yeah, tell me about Tom Brady, uh, James. Rick, you, you uh, maybe need to unpair your audio and repair it or something because we can't hear you. <sighs> well, Tom Brady lied just like Jamie Aikens lied, Bill. <laughs> Wait a minute, Jamie Aikens is your head coach in the in middle school football, oh. right? No, Jamie Aikens said <laughs> told everybody he's going to retire after this season. And then come back and said, I'm going to coach. Just like Tom Brady said, I'm going to retire after this season. And then come back and say he's going to play. Well, that's what I just said, James. He's the he's the head coach of the, for the middle school team, right? Where you were going to coach. He wasn't going to be. He was retired. Right. That's what I'm saying. He's now, he's, he's going to be the coach again. Yeah. Damn it, James. I, I said it right. Don't tell me I said it wrong. Just like Tom Brady. Rick, do we have you yet? Can you hear me now? Oh no! You're you've got your microphone in your asshole. I'm convinced. He took his own advice to me earlier and stuck his mic up his asshole. <laughs> Did he really just remove something from his asshole? I think so. so look, look, look at the video. Look at that saw, pigeon chest. Twenty cents. <clears throat> yep. See, look there he is. Plug it back in. <laughs> no, you're you're so muffled. I tell you what, Rick. You just stay on standby and uh, Casey. How about your final thoughts on this film? Must be two dollar Dollar General Mike he's got. <laughs> he talks so much back about my mic. This is fucked up. <laughs> That's what I call uh <clears throat> was it called Bill? Shit. Snickerdoodle. No. <laughs> Damn it. Karma. Karma. My mic is all the way up. It's called Karma, Rick. Taste it. Like it. Love it. Casey, please save us. Um, this movie was a mess. Uh, I will say that not Terminator vibes, but it kind of, for me, reminded me of if, like, the Lost Boys took place in the Willow universe. Um, kind of a weird vibe. That is, like, the farthest thing from this movie. Not really, though. There's no clan of, uh, permanently teenage vampire boys. It's just the energy that it presents. Yeah, we're not drawing parallels to the story, just uh, the vibes. Yeah. <sighs> and who are you to tell somebody how to feel about a movie, James? Not even a band in this. There's not even nobody playing music in this movie. Not even one saxophone. <laughs> I could have done with more saxophone guys. I could always do with more saxophone. I don't even think there's a movie score to this movie. There was no music. Maybe that's why I love it so much. James, notorious hater of music. Well, no organ playing. Oh, God. Okay, James, g- give me your final thoughts on this film so we can wrap it up. Bill, you know I like this movie. 
because it's got everything I enjoy. High fantasy adventure with uh, some good lower background to it. Had this movie involved a werewolf. And a big sword. And a big sword. How over the moon would you be for this movie? I'd be 10 of 10, Bill. Mm, So close. So close. Well, this film did spawn two other sequels. And, uh, yeah, we we may have to just kind of off to the side discuss that film. Uh, if we don't get around to any sequels on, on this show, but mad he left. Yeah, I'd, I'd be mad too, James. You talked about his microphone. Well, guys, <laughs> um, make sure you are following Slasher Sports and all your hosts here on Slashers and Screamers. Make sure you're checking out our social medias to find the film that we are going to watch in the upcoming weeks. Is and what'd you say? Tune in next week when we hear the. Old crotchety A's, Oakland A's wearing uniform jersey man go, hey, big man, let me hold a dollar. <laughs> is that what I do, James? Is that how I sound? That's what you do. No, you sound like more like he is. Oh, tune in next week as we watch Funny Farm with Chevy Chase. Did you just giggle, Casey? There was fu- <laughs> nothing fucking funny about what he just said. <laughs> Billy, I'm just laughing because he keeps roasting you, and Rick absolutely tore into you earlier, and I'm just wondering if you're okay. <laughs> I'm not. I'm I'm not okay. I'm not okay <laughs> whatsoever. In the shell of his former self. Kind of like I'm, Mad Max. Kind of like Mel Gibson and Mad Max. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a little hurt. I'm a little hurt. <laughs> I burnt um, out. <laughs> I feel delicate, and I'm ugly. Okay. Well, guys, you know what to do. Find us on the socials. Um, We're going to ride off into the sunset. So for the godfather of Droll James, for the Memphis Maniac Rick, and for Final Girl Kate I am Billy Graves. This was the Slashers and Streamers podcast, and we will catch you in the gag reel.